So, welcome to the Design Ops podcast, the first of many, I hope, and I'm super chuffed to have my first guest, uh, somebody I've followed for a long time, the wonderful Mr. Paul Boag. Welcome. Hello, hello. It's really good to be on I, I, podcasting. Yeah, I, I remember doing that. <laughs> 16 plus years of that is hard work. I don't know why anybody starts a podcast. You're nuts, but there you go. <laughs> well, we're all do, we will do it at some point, right? Yeah. When, when I first came to learn about you back in sort of mid-noughts, I guess, I think blogs were quite prolific. Uh, podcasts were becoming a thing. I think you'd probably just started or it weren't long after you, uh, you, you started Boag World. At the time, I think you were at Headscape. What did you do before Headscape? What got you into designing for the web? So I, I was at art college with a with an illustrious career lined up of working in McDonald's as all art <laughs> students do. Um, and I spotted a um, a post-it note or index card stuck on the notice board that, that said IBM was looking for interns for, for a new multimedia division, right? And this was when <laughs> PCs, I'm so old, when PCs had... <laughs> sound cut just were getting sound cards and cd-roms so they had multimedia capability so anyway long story short i ended up working there for a bit um and then towards the end of that year as an intern it, it, this thing called the web it's been, people started asking for the web and this was in 94 so the image tag had only just been introduced there was no no layout really or anything like that and, and and so from a design point of view, it was shit, basically. So, of course, you give it to the intern, don't you? So that's how I got in, into the web was just really because I was the lowest of the low and nobody else wanted to touch it. <laughs> um, and then I went on after, after I, I mean, I worked at IBM for three or four years and realized I shall never work for a large enterprise company as an employee ever again. I've worked with them a lot as a um, consultant. Um, and then I went on and I did the whole dot-com boom and bust and was just told i was going to be a millionaire i'm still waiting um i'm quite disappointed it's taking this long but i'm still hopeful that next year is the year that i become a millionaire um but yeah and then then from there set up an agency so the podcast you start uh, the, the boad well podcast um yeah d- 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 did you do anything to do with dot net on a podcast i did i did now so what happened was so first of all i went to i went to my first ever web design conference right this is quite funny it's funny how the world works so so i was working for the national trust which if they were one of our clients at the time and and they said we want our website to be accessible right um and we said yes we could do that having no idea what that word even meant let alone you know um how to go about doing it but of course you know you bullshit it don't you um and so i immediately went out to buy a book on accessibility i got confused this is all true i swear it right i got confused end up, ended up buying designing with web standards by Zeldman right this right. was about 2004 I think something like that maybe a bit before that um and I read this book and went oh shit I've got to relearn everything that I know about <laughs> web design because you know of course before this we were slicing and dicing with tables um and so I read this book and then he was doing a conference in London called um uh, web directions I think it was web directions no at media at media that right. was it at media 2005 
so i went to my first ever web design conference right and and at the beginning they did this blog role where they got different bloggers to stand up and i was sitting next to ppk right, right. and you probably don't i don't know whether anybody remembers i remember PPK. PPK, yeah 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 he's still he's still around he's not dying <laughs> or anything but um and it was like oh wow that's ppk and i got so overexcited that i came away from that conference and went i want to blog too like a little fanboy and so i started up my little blog and then i found out that blogging was really really hard and you had to write words and, <laughs> and it was difficult and so this the, um, the the ipod had just come out um right. and so i thought uh, and it just support, it started supporting podcasting and i thought i could talk as you can blatantly hear already from from me waffling on and and so yeah i started podcasting 2005 i was so shit sorry you were asking about dot net sorry 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 dot net so so i did that for a while and then they had cd roms that went on the front right. of their magazine okay, yeah, because yeah. this is what it was and they asked if they could put my podcast on the cd rom and so they did and that's how i got a lot of that's where uh, it really okay. started to take off for me because they obviously had an established readership so yeah that's how it came out uh, cool uh, yeah i mean people I... are learning <laughs> so much useful information <laughs> what it was like in the 90s and early, early 2000s well this is the thing right i want to start i want to start at the beginning because i know this is where i started a similar time um yeah and and i you know i i know i know where i'm at now and i know the struggles i'm having but i just kind of uh, it, the, i don't know if the struggles seem to have come from out of nowhere because i never had them way back then <laughs> um and i just think you know <laughs> um but that was because that was because way back then no one understood what we did or indeed cared right that's the difference you know we've gone from a world where oh, oh we probably ought to have one of these website things because everybody else seems to be having a website thing oh it's basically just a brochure on the computer isn't it right we've gone from that kind of world to a world where the website is business critical and you know if the website is offline even for 10 minutes everybody goes into you know shock and you know and and the world falls apart so uh, it's not surprising that with the level of importanceness of the web so goes a level of interference a level of opinion a level of absolutely. debate and discussion you know yeah absolutely yeah no definitely it's a sign <laughs> of our success is yeah. the way i like to think of it so well just going back to you then at headscape obviously you 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 pulled away from headscape um yeah and you're now doing well you're now sitting in an rv in the middle of um deepest california in in the sun whilst i'm in darkness in in the uk um <laughs> What 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 are you doing now? Now now that you've sort of um, put well, sure. I was going to say left. Have you actually do, have you left web, uh, Headscape? No no no. I'm I'm still a, a Headscape. I'm still um, a non-executive director. Right. Okay. Um, which means they have to listen to me probably about once a year. <laughs> they generally ignore anything I say and are doing much better than when I was there. So you know, there's that. Um, no, so that was a that was a, a design and development agency, and they're still doing really well and do great work um i stepped back from it because uh, for loads of reasons personal reasons lifestyle reasons um but also because uh, I, I was becoming increasingly interested in more of the consultancy side of things right. um which wasn't so much what the agency did and how it was seen and so it made sense for me to kind of step back and and and, and it's worked really well i'm absolutely love being by myself so these days um in terms of what i do it's, it's constantly changing i'm I probably like yourself I don't, um, I'm a kind of jack of all trades a master of, of none um, because that's what it was like in the early 
yeah. to the web you did a bit of everything didn't you and so i still do to a large degree um but obviously the longer you do it the more skills you build up in different areas so i my main focus these days is conversion rate optimization so i stand at the crossroads if you think of think of it between digital marketing and user experience design it's it, it's that that middle ground of yes we need to meet our quarterly targets for conversion but we don't want to be an asshole while we do it you know yeah. that's, that's basically the sweet spot that i sit in these days which um i love but i still do so so it's a lot of prototyping work a lot of um uh testing um iteration that kind of thing but i also do a lot of coaching as well i i coach a lot of teams a lot of agencies and freelancers so yeah whatever whatever will will sustain my um luxurious lifestyle <laughs> of, of traveling around in an rv Cool. So the, the, the people that you're coaching, what sort of people are you, are you working with there? So, um, broadly speaking, it falls into two groups. There's the, the, the innies and outies. Right. So there's the, the, the external agencies and freelancers and those kinds of things who are mainly helping really with their own sales and marketing strategies and also with their how to deal with clients and manage clients. Um, then there's the innies, um, which tend to be, um, is people in digital leadership. It's, uh, people user experience teams um it's e-com teams sometimes um and, and most of the work that i'm doing with them really is is about why well, is design ops i guess um uh, it, it's all of that kind of how to operate how to work how to be more efficient how to deal with stakeholders um navigating all of that kind of crap basically um yeah sorry i'm a bit sweary today I apologize. Oh, no, it's fine. I said, when I, I was looking at um, various methods of recording, one of the solutions, I think Anchor, I think it was, you basically set up the podcast yeah. before you even start, but then you can record into it and, and it said explicit or not. And I sort of hovered over the, the button for a while <laughs> thinking, uh, no, no I'll, I'll try not. And yeah, I, I knew I knew where it'd end up. <laughs> So, okay, when you're coaching people, and I guess particularly uh, around more of the design ops stuff, what mm. uh, what what sort of challenges are people do people face? Are, are there sort of key patterns you see a lot of? Yeah, yeah, it's almost um, it's almost always about stakeholder management in some form or another. Um, so it, it's you know because these these are people who are actually very good at their jobs. Um, you know, they 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 know how to run a digital project. You know, they know how to uh, to get get to a good design solution they don't need me to teach that um where they struggle is not being allowed to do their job properly um which is normally because they're having to um provide certain things to other stakeholders or stakeholders need things done in a certain way or um because they're not given adequate time so a lot of that really boils down to communication um and how good they are at selling their ideas ideas and what they do um so, so essentially you know design ops is a kind kind of quite a new term really and and, and if yeah. i'm honest i don't entirely know what it means <laughs> okay, you know yeah because you read it online and different people say different things so um from my perspective i teach people how to sell their ideas to sell design to sell i'm a salesman at heart you know um and, and that's what i think a lot of people need to know is 
is, you know, how do I make this appealing to other people? How do I get other people on board and engaged and get out of my way and let me do my job? Yeah, no, this, I, I'm, I'm glad you got that up, actually, because it's, I, I mean, I, I didn't randomly pluck a, a trendy buzzword out of the air to call my podcast something new. Um, I, 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 I've, yes, you I, did. Yes, you did. You thought okay. search engine juice, let's use design ops. Yeah. yeah, that'll do. See, everyone else seems to be using it. Um, but it's the kind of, yeah, it's it's the things it is a new term right and it's it's something that's it seems to have come out in the last couple of years and there are people with roles you know with it in their job title um but i think the 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 reason i wanted to sort of focus um on on the operational side of things is you know we particularly even 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 sort of mid junior to midweight designers their job isn't just doing design right it's no. it's, it's 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 doing the stuff that allows them to do the design right as well yeah. so and it's and it's all of that and i think it's important for people to realize that you know um you know particularly if you don't have the luxury of somebody with in their job title right they've got to figure out how to get through this so um yeah I, and i see i see this podcast being less about design ops and more being design ops so if that makes sense mm. i know what that means in my head but <laughs> no i i do i i think i do as well which is there is this perception you know i've been hired as a designer i want to sit down and do design whether that be ui design whether it be ux design or whatever else um and and then they they, they get frustrated when they're not able to do that because there mm. are blockers in the way and there are things in the way uh, but i think people fundamentally misunderstand what it means to be a designer being a designer isn't just about delivering um results and and deliverables i suppose it, it's also a, the process of delivery um and it is about bringing your stakeholders with you it's a big part of his education educating other people to understand the decisions that you made you know i i, I come across a lot of des designers that are basically behave like sport toddlers mm. I, I went to i went to design college and i learned design things why don't you just listen to me and do what i say you know you have to earn trust and you have to earn respect and you you, you have to be able to demonstrate that you've got robust pro process that is going to deliver results you can't expect people just to blindly trust you and so that's a huge part of our jobs and that's something we all have to do not yeah. just it's there's not just some design ops specialist and i think this is what you were driving at you know great if you've got a design ops person great they do some of that heavy lifting for you but you have to even prove to the design ops person that you're capable and you're you you know you know what you're doing and you've got a process and a way of working that's a part of life that's a part of yeah. being in business absolutely i think this is and this is why i liked your podcast so much when you went when you were running each um i think particularly later on towards you know towards the end um <laughs> that um you used to focus the themes around a topic and i think actually one mm. season there was there was a season a theme where you you almost focused it around being in the customer's shoes it's like it's like your audience yeah. was designers but for that one yeah. series it's almost like you you made the audience the client for which we were designing for and it um, all of that stuff that was mm. around what we do when we, you know, just expected to, mm. Hey, what's the design for? And the thing that annoys me most about my role is, uh, you know, or, or, or certainly when I'm practicing design is, Hey, what's the UX for this? And what they, what they actually mean is, you know, what, what's, what does this screen look like? 
They're not, yeah. they're not after the, you know, the information architecture and all the user research that went into, because you're not going to get a chance to do any of that. <laughs> and I think no. that's some of the frustration I have, particularly, and I think this is a, um, this is quite common on agency side, um, is more, um, you know, you, you, you have a client come to you with a budget to build a thing. They've got that budget from their boss because they've told them they're going to get that thing. So if they don't get that thing, um, that's going to be a difficult challenge for them. Um, therefore mm. they get in that thing for that amount of money you're kind of you're not restricted in what you can do but you know you i i, I know from particularly some of the early discovery and definition stuff you do as a uxer that you could unpick some of these things right and prove that actually this thing isn't the right thing to build and but there isn't mm. necessarily room for that movement and you often get expected just to you know just what are the wireframes and what does the ui look like and that's almost expected ux yeah i it's interesting i've just i've just finished doing a course um for smashing magazine which i call mastering the design process which i guess is design ops i never thought of it i should have <laughs> called it design ops it would have sold better if you've got time to go uh, back and change the title no no it's too late too late <laughs> I'll, I'll have to rename it for next time around um and in that I, I i come you know i address that as an issue very specifically um you're being defi- you're being confined somebody is putting a set of rules on you but mm. you don't need to play that game if you don't want to mm. right so so you know the way that i operate because i have that exact scenario mm. you know with with me on a regular basis and 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 i won't play that game right i'll i'll say okay so you've got this budget that's great you know it's wonderful you've got this budget you know if that's what the organization can afford that's what the organization can afford so i will accept that constraint but i say okay what i want to do is i want to take 10 percent of that budget and i want you to i want you to engage me for just 10 percent. i don't want you to hire me for the whole thing i want you to hire me for 10 percent. and what we're going to do with that 10 percent is we are going to define how to generate the best return on investment for your entire budget um through a i don't call it a discovery phase because a discovery phase makes it sound like you're paying me to to work out how to do my job but right. i'll call it a, a research phase or i don't know some whatever pops into my head at the time um and and so i just get them to pay me 10 percent to do that and the deliverable of that project will be uh, a, an outline and a plan for maximizing your return on that right so i ignore all the functionality they think that they want and instead i define a functionality for, for maximizing the, the return that digital can provide for that overall budget they've got then after i've done that i use that i you say well you can walk away if you want to you can go to a different agency if you haven't enjoyed working with me um then that's fine take that they never do obviously but they've got that deliverable they could take away then i say well okay the next step is for us to create a prototype of that thing right now i use what i've learned in that first phase to define a second contract with the client where we we just create a prototype right um and uh, and so i'll take a smaller uh, a proportion of the budget maybe a third of the budget um and i'll use it for prototyping and testing and iteration and that then is used as the functional specification for the third part of the project right which is again a separate contract which is the build right and then once the build is done we keep a small proportion of the the overall budget that they had for post um, project optimization so essentially instead of allowing them to come in and say you know this is one project with these are the deliverables i break it down into multiple projects where 
where I engage with the, the client incrementally over time. And I find that that works much better. And it, it, it not only does it put me in control of the project and the constraints that we place upon the project, it also is very reassuring for the client because they're not having to commit in one big go to this massive project. And you, if you commit in one big go, I mean, if someone turns around to you and says, oh, I want to build this site, you know, I want it to have this functionality. How much is it going to cost and how long it's going to be take, going to take? I've been doing this for 27 years and I still can't answer that question, right? <laughs> it's, it's too big and too complicated. Yeah. You've got to break it down into to bite-sized chunks. Otherwise, you're pulling numbers out of your backside that that is just totally unrealistic, right? So what's the point? Yeah, anyway, I, I've got a whole, I've got a whole four-hour course, uh, sorry, six-hour course on that. So I, I won't cram it all into this. Okay, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That'll be interesting. Um, I'm quite conscious of keeping these episodes nice and short so people can listen to them on their way into work in the mornings. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and some of that wonderful content you've put out in the past? What I want to suggest is go go check out my website, boagworld.com. I've got 16 years worth of blogging. I've got all of those podcast episodes. Admittedly, I don't do that podcast anymore, um, but all those podcast episodes are still there if you want to check those out. I've got a new podcast I do, which is essentially just short four to six minute little kind of thoughts um that go up but what i'd really love for you to do is check out my um my uh newsletter that i send out um it's all advice no real sales in it goes out every couple of weeks um and if you go to subscribe.boagworld b-o-a-g world.com forward slash design ops because i'm organized ah. um you will you'll be able to sign up for it and also you'll get a copy of um i think the most relevant of my books for this audience which is um uh user experience revolution um which is a book about how to basically shift organizational culture so that it is more user-centric and more supportive of um user experience design um which i think would be really good for your audience because it's kind of design ops related so you can get that for free if you sign up for the newsletter well i'm sure with guests like you for my first one we're gonna hit the ground running and we're gonna build an audience very quickly so uh uh, thank you for that that'll be really useful i'm quite conscious of time so this, this is all new to me right I've, i'm getting prompts from zoom telling me i've got six minutes left of my free well i thought that'll be fine i can get all that done in that time and and it's running mm. around quick so what i've got open on my screen at the minute i'm desperately trying to upgrade um but it's it's <laughs> chucked me down some dark pattern avenue of signing up for all sorts of crazy shit just to get an extension on my zoom license i i i love it i can watch a timer counting down at the top you got five minutes and 21 seconds we better oh, wrap dear. this up then i guess we've got well, no yeah, choice have we really yeah, we have we have we have awesome so you're 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 currently in um death valley at the minute didn't you say this morning uh, i am i am in death valley well just outside death valley and wh where are you off to next i have no idea we we make it up as we go along um which is half the fun of doing this um so so yeah um, we're probably probably heading uh down to joshua tree but who awesome. knows we shall see and you've been to vegas right did i just see last week you 
you were in a parking lot we, in 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 Vegas somewhere, we right? Were, right? We okay. were, we were, um, which is horribly embarrassing. But <laughs> sometimes you have to return to civilization for you know things like laundry and food yeah. and and things like that. And Vegas was the the closest place to go. So yeah, uh, this early uh, idea of maybe getting some illustrator involved to do illustrations for his episode. And when you said that, I just had this picture in my head of Paul sitting outside on a step outside his RV in a string vest and a trucker's cap on spitting chewing tobacco into a tin yeah cooking (laughs) meth inside you know that kind of thing yeah absolutely that is my life (laughs) (laughs) well good luck with the show you've got some really great guests lined up so uh, I'm sure it'll go well and um yeah maybe maybe i'll come back on your 100th episode and we'll we'll do this all again well we'll have to do what the boag world i'll do we'll do a live one from some parking lot in vegas we'll have to yeah. <laughs> awesome uh, all right thank you very much for your time paul i really appreciate it no problem at all best of luck